Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of one of your favorite podcasts, Random Talks. Today, it's a very special day because I have with me my beloved and my dearest of friends, Teacher April. Hello, Teacher April. How's it going? Hi, very good. Thank you. I love that intro. I feel so special. Thank you so much. Here we go. Yeah, you're welcome. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you here. It is my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. All right, very good. So, uh, Teacher April, can you remind us a little bit before we start with today's episode on how you can uh, search for more of our content? Sure, sure. So we are in various platforms in social media and with different types of content, as Teacher Charles was saying, we have a Facebook, we have an Instagram, You can also listen to the podcast on Spotify and Google Podcast as well. You can find our episodes and actually watch us, uh, you know, talk and make all of our faces because I sure do a lot of faces on YouTube. And last but not least, we have a an account in on TikTok with Teacher Pablo, who makes uh, awesome content, quick tips to improve your English. And in all of these social media, you can find us as Columbus School BCS. There we go. Thank you very much, Teacher April. Appreciate it. Remember, guys, sharing is caring. So uh, there we go. Well, uh, Teacher April, today we have a very special guest. Uh, that I, I, It was a long time since the last time I saw him. I'm, I'm really happy to see him. So uh, he was a, he's a former teacher at Columbus. I remember him, uh, seeing him and saying hi to him uh, in the hallways, I remember. And he's right now living in the US, right? So today we're going to have a very nice interview with teacher, well, former teacher, uh, Jorge Salazar. Hello, Jorge, how are you? Hi, teacher Charles. It's really good to see you guys too. Doing well, how are you guys? So far, so good. It is very nice to see you again. Yes, yes, it's been a long time. Like, how long? Like two years already? Uh, more like a year and a half. All right, yeah, yeah. It's been it's been quite a long time. All right, very good. So uh, we would like to start uh, to, uh, you know, know a little bit about you. What do you do or, or where you live in? Or if you're studying, tell us a little bit about you. Sure, so right now I'm in a city called Minneapolis in the state of Minnesota up here in the United States. I am currently studying in a college. It's called Bethlehem College and Seminary. I'm doing a bachelor's of arts in, in theology and letters. So that's uh, basically philosophy and literature and theology. Um, I also got married um, this past May, uh, May 29th. Right. So I'm really happy about Congratulations. that. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. All right, very good. So we would like to kind of know a little bit more about your story with English. I mean, uh, how did you learn it? What was your context? Sure, so um, I think I was ex first exposed to the language when uh, my family decided to move to Canada when I was pretty young. I was around five and a half years old when we moved to Canada to the West Coast. This is the British Columbia province um, near the Vancouver area. 
we used to live in a small town. It's called North Vancouver. It's kind of funny because it's a different city. It's not Vancouver and then the north part of Vancouver. It's just yeah, that's what Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's it's not the same. It's a completely different town. It's very small. And um, in North Van, there was a even smaller town called Lynn Valley. And that is where I first started going to school. And it was a Canadian school, so it was all in English. Actually, the school was called Lynn Valley Elementary School. And I think that's how I got exposed to the language. I do not remember taking any um, English classes, um, like English as the language, but more like you're going to take regular courses in English and you're just going to learn because you have to learn. <laughs> I think that's basically how I got exposed to the language. All right. So your approach was a little bit more, you know, organic, trying to adapt to a new environment, right? Educational environment, right? Somehow. Interesting. Totally. Interesting. Yeah, I like all that, like, survival English. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you survive, so there you go. <laughs> you learn it. Yeah, you have to. And yeah. that and that kind of exposure kind of forces you to to or push push yourself to actually learn it and and you have to use it in this case, which is one thing that we try to always encourage in our students, like use the language as much as you can because that's the only thing that is going to actually improve your English in a well noticeable way, if you can put it like that. But yes, that's really, really, really interesting and in, in, in how, how it works and how life puts us in certain uh, context to help you or to help us uh, learn English. That's very interesting. Yeah, it's, um, it definitely is very interesting because like I said, I don't actually remember repeating the words in my head and, and like, okay, apple, manzana. So it wasn't like that. It was just, it, you just learn. I think it's very like an inductive method kind of thing going on there. I really, really appreciated that. But it wasn't until we moved back to Mexico. Um, this was in fifth grade. So having to change from the Canadian school system to the Mexican school system was a bit hard for me at first, especially like with math. Um, yeah. It's very, very different. So I, I scored really, really low grades in math here in, in uh, I mean, back in La Paz. But it wasn't until seventh grade that my parents decided to do a homeschooling system. And we were using actually uh, an American. So it wasn't Canadian, it wasn't Mexi Mexican, it was a, an American system. Everything was in English, everything was, um, American English. It wasn't like the Canadian British English. It was more like the American English. And that's actually where I started learning the grammar and all those rules that you do not get while learning throughout like um, the inductive method too much. It's just like, you know that you have to say, I went to school yesterday. And you just know it, but you don't actually get the rules. And the rules, I received the rules through my, um, through my school, my homeschool. And then also when I went to actually to Columbus, when I started uh, interacting with the material and just diving deep into the uh, curriculum. Yeah, that's interesting because as teachers, we have to kind of relearn things, right? To actually explain them again, right? And also be able to compare them to Spanish. I would think that probably this case, this inductive method, it was 
because you were very, very young also. And when, when you know, the human being, when he's very young, is very, very, you know, it's like a sponge, always absorbing everything, right? And so that's probably what helps you, helped you the most to actually learn the structures or, or in this case, be associated with the language. And now that you are, I think that that may help you a lot as a teacher, right? To be able to know those rules since before, right? I hope, I may think that it helped you a lot. Yeah, totally. I, I completely agree with you. It is, um, as babies, that's exactly how we learn. We, we learn how to speak our mother tongue with the inductive method. And something I really appreciate about Columbus is that they actually have a couple of books. They do have the, like the inductive, like the four skills kind of thing going on there especially the, um, I think it's the side-by-side -side books. I'm not sure if you guys still have them there. <laughs> yeah, I started with those. That is, exactly. You, they, I mean, although you do see grammar a little bit, it's also very inductive. Like, look at the pictures, look what they mean. Now try to say it. <laughs> so yeah, that was yeah. my experience with the English language. All right. Very yeah, nice. And it, I bet it was like very uh, natural for you to get com comfortable with it, right? When... In my experience, I learned it through like classes and rules. And later on, after a few years of practicing it, I started feeling natural and comfortable. Like, oh, this is part of me now, right? I adopted it. And I think from your story, I mean, I would say it was like the opposite. So you first started feeling very comfortable, part of you. Maybe you find it very easy to change from one language to the other or plot twist, maybe it was not. Can you tell me a bit, a bit about that? I do remember when I was a kid that we didn't really, like my brothers and I have two younger brothers, Sebastian, uh, well, also a, a former teacher at Columbus and Daniel. And at first we, we obviously didn't know how to speak English. So we would try to speak English at home and we would start uh, speaking Spanish, but with like uh, with an accent. So. La Televisión and then stuff like that, just to communicate and pretend we're speaking English. So I have no idea if that helped me at all, but I don't know. I think it the the motivation of learning the language was definitely there. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. In, in regards to your question, I'm not sure <laughs> if it was easy for me to just boom, boom. There was a point where I could speak in Spanish or I could speak in English, and it wasn't such a big deal. But right now here in the States where you have to speak English all the time. Sometimes, like, even though I grew up in Canada for a couple of years, even here, sometimes it's a little um, intimidating. It's like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> So do you feel more comfortable with English or Spanish? Definitely Spanish. I do feel comfortable speaking in Spanish. Um, it's my mother tongue. My family speaks Spanish. I, I enjoy speaking Spanish. It's much, it's much a richer language, but practically you can't speak Spanish everywhere <laughs> yeah that's yeah. the thing that's the thing and uh we would like to know a little bit about what you're studying right now uh I, I remember that you mentioned something about arts and I saw teacher April reacting to this because she is you know very art artsy right so uh can you talk a little bit about what you study what do you do Sure. So the, the name is a little misleading, although it is a Bachelor of Arts, it's not plastic arts. So this is not like sculptures and painting. It's, it doesn't have to do with that kind of arts. It's more like literature, All right. like philosophy, 
theology. That, that's more what I'm, uh, what I'm studying here right now, reading very, very old books um, and really, really fun subjects. <laughs> so I don't know, like um, a little bit of philosophy, let's see. For example, something I learned last semester, there was a, a philosopher, very ancient philosopher from the Greeks, Greek philosopher, his name was Zeno. Some people spell it with an X, Oh, you, and some people spell it with a Z, but basically Zeno said that there, he, he brought three different um, parad uh, paradoxes, paradigms. Basically, he says, there is no such thing as motion. And he says, what do you mean? Well, for example, if you have Achilles right here and you have a hare or, um, oh, sorry, not a turtle. He uses a tortoise. So you got Achilles and a tortoise. And there's 10 meters between these two. How many meters does Achilles need to run to get to the tortoise? 10 meters, right. But in order to get to the tortoise, he needs to run 10 meters. But if, if he need, how many meters does he need to run to get to half the distance? Five meters, okay. And the half of five meters, 2.5. And half of 2.5, 1.75, right, something like that. Anyway, you keep going on to, on to infinity. You keep dividing and you keep dividing and you keep dividing. So the points, how many points are between meter one and meter 10? There's an infinite number of points. So in order to cross an infinite number of points, you need an infinite number of time. Therefore, motion is impossible because you can't cross an infinite number of points. <laughs> oh my crazy, God. Right? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it got me thinking right now. Like <laughs> And we are like, like this, just trying to think about that that notion. But yeah, that's interesting. And it, it like, it's like, I don't know, uh, just considering the fact that uh, you consider Spanish as your second language, is it must be really interesting, like taking those topics into a, or a deeper or a further, you know, explanation or analysis, right? So uh, I wanted to ask you, like, how did you decide to study what you're studying right now? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so the reason I'm studying this, it's it's not so much, I, I really love philosophy. I really love literature. But the really cool part about my uh, bachelor's degree is, is that it's linked to theology. And theology, for those of you that don't know, is the study of God. And that carries like many, many, many different subjects and topics and branches because it's just very, very deep. And in a sense, it is also philosophy. It is like the philosophy. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I really, really like that. And um, how did I get to wanting to study that? Um, to be honest with you, I just, I just prayed. I prayed and I, and I asked God, I don't know what you want me to do. Just tell me what you want me to do. What do you want from me? And I'll just do my best. And I was pretty sure that he wants me to be a pastor. So a pastor is like um, somebody who reads the Bible and explains it, and who cares for people in a way, kind of like a counselor uh, figure or something like that. So um, after a lot of prayer, that's how I got to the conclusion that God is uh, leading me towards this degree, because this degree is going to equip me with the tools that I need to actually be what I want to be, which is um, a pastor. Yeah. All right. Nice. That's I think that's a, that's a way you should choose what to study. Like, Think about what you want to do in life, like, like what you would like to, um, you know, spend the 
most of your time in regular life in the future and then see the options and which one will give you what you need to be able to do that, right? And uh, Jorge, I'm really curious to know, you said theology is um, to study God. It Does that um, like focus on one religion or do you see like different religions or and the different interpretations of God or I, yeah. because I haven't talked to someone who's studying theology uh, like since you're his brother. Yep, yep, that's a great question. So um, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I think the study of God, like theology, originally, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I think the roots of it have to do with the Bible, with church fathers, and uh, it, it even like it, with Catholicism, everything, like that's where theology kind of comes from, okay. specifically the Bible. But there are many other religions that also claim to have um, the knowledge of God um, uh, outside the Bible, extra biblical. So that is also, they would also claim that that is theology. I would argue against that because, I mean, I believe that there's only one God and you can't have multiple different gods because, I mean, by definition, God has to be the top of the food chain. If something is above God, then, then, then that means that thing is God, not this thing. So anyway, I, um, I think that the short answer is there's only one God and there's one study of God, um, but there are other people who claim the same thing about their different uh, theologies per se yeah yeah, yeah. okay okay yeah, that, that's yes. really that's really really interesting i mean uh i i try to think a lot about how important it is to find purpose on what you're doing and what you're studying to be to be able to perform as best as possible you know, and doing pretty much everything with love and passion involved, right? So that's what I noticed. I mean, I think it's very important to search that somehow. And it's interesting how you looked for that purpose, talking to yourself, and in this case, talking to God, right? By praying and looking for answers. So I think that journey of, of, of inner, you know, uh, perception is also very important to find what you want to do, or if you are actually, uh, you know, looking forward to take your studies into some something else, right? So I wanted to ask you, I'm really interested on how do you see yourself in five or 10 years? Like, what do you see yourself doing in the future? That's a great question. And, you know, I, I had been thinking about that for many days uh, lately because um, I had that question asked couple of years ago, maybe two or three years ago, and they said, what do you see yourself doing in 10 years from now? And I was thinking about that just because I found out just lately that um, I'm going to be a dad. <laughs> my oh. wife is pregnant. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, is she? Oh, my God. Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm a tomato right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, yes, I wasn't expecting that at all. I went like, well, awesome. They're married. He's married. I mean, but congratulations. Oh, congratulations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was not expecting that either. We were not. That was not part of the plan. So, Richard, um <laughs> With your question with what how i see myself in five or ten years 
I have no idea anymore. <laughs> I, I think I had it pretty figured out back then. Right now, I've got, I'm clueless. It might be, I might, I might have one kid apparently, um, maybe more. I, I, I hope not, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, hopefully, I, I'll finish my, um, I'll finish my bachelor's, maybe get a master's, and continue my studies, and maybe uh, begin. I would definitely like to see myself um, being a pastor and actually doing what I want to be. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome. And I think that philosophy is an amazing complement for what you are planning to do in the future. If yeah. you want to be a pastor in this case, it's a good way to like combine, right? And to be able to, you know, take, you know, those things that we read. Uh, and as you said, in all books, in to compare it to how we are living nowadays and the social context that we live on. So that's awesome. I mean, uh, I wasn't expecting to receive those amazing news. Like that's, that's great. <laughs> Me it neither. Ch <laughs> <laughs> it, it, changes, it changes your life completely, right? It's like makes you like question what you're going to be doing or wondering if, I mean, if, not having a child is still something that causes a little, gets us a little bit anxious about the future, what's going to happen, what we're going to do. Now, I don't know, it's like more purpose, right? To, to, to look for that goal in life. That's awesome, man. I'm really happy for you. Yes. Thank you. Well, I think sadly that was our last question i think it was a great way to to close the episode actually with that <laughs> awesome new um awesome news uh i wish you the best jorge i really appreciate you and all the time we spent together as teachers a few years ago at columbus i am very very happy to see that you're following your passion and creating your future in a way that you will be the most fulfilled. So uh, thank you for sharing and being so open with us about your process, what you're doing, and a little bit of your about your life. Um, once again, wish you the best to you, your wife, and your future kid. Yes. And I really, really wish that all of your goals uh, get accomplished. Thank you so much, April. Charles, it's good to see you too. God bless you guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you thank very much. You. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So very good, guys. Thank you. Thank you for this episode. Thank you, George. Thank you, teacher April, as always. And uh, well, what a great way to 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 have an, an interview with a with a friend, an old friend. So there you go, guys. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing also. Uh, remember that we are in every, almost every social media. We can, we, you can watch us on Facebook, on Instagram, Spotify. You can look for us in Google Podcast, every episode by name and everything. You can find us on TikTok with Teacher Pablo, amazing content, very nice tips about how to improve your English. And also we are on YouTube. Remember to subscribe, remember to share, remember sharing is caring, guys. So there you go. Thank you, thank you very much, Teacher April, for another episode. And we will see each other on the next one. All right. Thank yes. you, guys. Bye. Bye. -bye. Thank you.